Howdy, everyone, and thank you again for tuning in to the Jeffersonian Tradition. Before we get started, I have a couple of things to go over. I want to keep bringing y'all high-quality content, but I cannot do that without your support. So please, help buy me a cup of coffee every month and join the Ward Republic by chipping in $5 per month through the supporting listener link in the show notes page. I am not part of a fancy podcasting network, and I don't like the restrictions that come along with certain advertising campaigns. So I am coming to y'all with my hat in my hand. So please help me keep this show going and keep it independent by doing your part and chipping in. If you're not comfortable with a recurring contribution model, I do also have a Cash App profile for the show. So one-time contributions can be sent there. And all of this information is listed in the show notes page as well. And don't forget that Ward Republic membership includes a monthly video conference with myself and the other Ward Republic members. And support monetary freedom today and head over to our sponsor at www.defythegrid.com to purchase your gold bags. I have an affiliate link in the show notes page, and if you use it, I will get a 1% commission, so that'll also help keep the show going. So click on my link in that show notes page and fuel monetary decentralization today. And if you aren't on MeWe yet, then seriously, what are you waiting for? Unlike a certain other social media platform, MeWe respects the right to free speech and offers a privacy bill of rights. So if you'd like to be a member there, then download the MeWe app and search for me at the username Mr. Jeffersonian. The show group is private, so we must be contacts before I can send you the group invite. With all of that fun stuff out of the way, let's now turn our attention to the topic for today's episode. Fellow citizens, welcome back to another episode of the Jeffersonian Tradition. This is your host, Mr. Jeffersonian. And before we get started, just a couple of things. I know last week I did not get to put out an episode, and I wanted to tell you a little bit about what's going on because I am in for exciting times. Let's just say that. So last week I was made aware that my very favorite coffee shop that's within walking distance of my house was going to be going out of business. And I was devastated because I'm telling y'all, I'm a little bit of a coffee junkie and I, now I have to drink decaf. I, you know, I, I'll freely admit that I have to drink decaf. Mr. Jeffersonian can't handle the the caffeine anymore. It makes his heart race and and just a general feeling of unwell. But I love this little coffee stand. And as far as independent shops, it is the best one around here, bar none. And the only other one that's even close in terms of taste, to my opinion, or in my opinion rather, is a regional chain called Scooters. And so Scooters is not close to my house. If I want Scooters, that's kind of a special trip. So if I wanted to try to make sure that this place didn't go under, I had to step up, right? So what's going on is potentially good news, kind of stressful news, but potentially good news. I'm actually trying to purchase this coffee shop. So it's not an issue with profitability. I, I've talked to the owner and it's not an issue with profitability. What's going on is a new landlord has purchased the lot where this place currently sits because right now it's, it's actually, it's a little small drive-through hut. It's, it's a double-sided hut. It's a 10 by 20 trailer uh, that they operate out of. But what's going on is the parking lot that they're sitting in, someone else has bought it or actually a corporate entity has bought, has uh, purchased it, unfortunately. And they decided they don't want to renew the lease. And the current owner is trying to manage everything remotely. So he, he just doesn't feel like dealing with all this, being remote. He, he told me he's just kind of ready to wipe his hands of it and move on, but he does want somebody in the community to step up and buy it, so I'm trying to be that person. So over the last several days, that's actually what I've been working on. I've had to spend an awful lot of time trying to find a location for it, 
because right now, if I can't find a location, then that's it. We're going to lose this wonderful little coffee shop, and, and I'm going to be very sad about that. But that's what I've been doing. I'm, I'm working with a real estate agent trying to find a spot for it. Um, I, I thankfully do have a little, a, a little bit of dry powder on reserve that I can kind of throw at it to try to make this successful. Again, the business itself is profitable. So a lot of this is going to depend on continued successful operations if I'm able to secure a spot. So that's what your host has been up to. I do apologize that interfered with me being able to produce an episode last week, but that's what I've been up to. And I want to put my money where my mouth is because I've talked a lot about the virtues of actual entrepreneurs who own their business outright versus these big conglomerations or these huge mega corporations. So I'm trying to do that. And if I'm able to do this, um, I will definitely give y'all some reports from the Adventures in Coffee Land. And I want to do certain things for the employees if I'm able to retain all of them. And I'll fill y'all in on that too. I'll let you know how that's going. So as of right now, nothing is official yet. Again, I'm, I'm in the stages of trying to find a location. Ideally, I need to be able to do that by the end of the year, which does not give me a whole lot of time. So that's why, again, I was not able to produce an episode last week. I'm, I'm dedicating a ton of time to this because I do not want to lose this little independent coffee shop. One, because I like it, but two, because it does suit my personal beliefs and values. And I, I'm a big believer, as I've said before, if you want to see change in the world, sometimes you have to be that change. So I want to step up and try to save this shop. But all of that stuff out of the way, let's go ahead and get into today's topic. And much like the end of last year, what I'm going to do today is give you all a reading list for 2023. Now, unlike last year, I have not actually read any of these books. Uh, there's one that I'm currently reading, or actually, I'm sorry, there's two that I'm currently like in the middle of, but I've not actually completed any of these books. Whereas the reading list for 2022, I'd actually read... I think all of those are, are the vast majority of those and just kind of wanted to get that list out there because last year's focus was all about discovering the Jeffersonian tradition, understanding what the Jeffersonian belief system is, and understanding the worldview. And this year, it's going to be a slightly different focus. We're going to be a, a little bit, um, not really all over the place, but we're going to have a, a couple of different areas of focus with this particular list. So first and foremost... This is a six-volume series. I've read two of these books, and if you don't get to all of these books this year, it's understandable, but I wanted to give you all a little bit more hefty reading this year than, than what we did last year. So this is a six-volume series. It is the Dumas Malone or Dumas Malone uh, Jefferson, Thomas Jefferson biography, and it's called Jefferson and His Time. That, that's the title of the overall volume, and then it's split into six different volumes. Now, I've read the first two absolutely fascinating books. I'm about midway through the third one, so very fascinating details are spelled out about Jefferson the Man in these books, and you get some behind-the-scenes look about what was going on between him and Hamilton, uh, even him and Washington. Him and Washington, by the time that Jefferson resigned as Secretary of State, were not really getting along very well. So this is, a, again, a fascinating series, and if you are interested in the early Republic period of American history— this is an indispensable resource, especially if you are more towards Jefferson's point of view than Hamilton's. The next couple of books on here, this is again is going to be a series. This is called A Constitutional View of the Late War Between the States. This was written by Alexander Hamilton Stevens, who was the vice president of the Confederate States before they succumbed to defeat. It's a Kind of large work. Both of the books are probably about four to 500 pages, or at least the version of it I have is about four to 500 pages each. 
And within this book, I, I haven't read either one of these, but within this book, I've heard this book called The Best Defense of the Southern Cause. And I think it was actually Brian McClanahan who said that maybe maybe about a year ago on his podcast. He was talking about Stephen's work here and, and how wonderful it was or how strong it was in terms of legal arg arguments in favor of the Southern cause. So again, that is a constitutional view of the late war between the states. And then the next book on the list is actually an intellectual biography of Richard Weaver. If you are a member of the MeWe group, you saw me post a picture of this book recently. It's called Barbarians in the Saddle. And so I wanted to read this because I've read a lot of what Weaver had to say in his essays. Like, I've read a lot of him in his own words, but I, I don't really know much about him as a man. Like, I, I don't really know his backstory other than he was a lifelong bachelor and he, he died a very unexpected and sudden death uh, at a relatively young age. He, he was only, I think, about 52 or 53 years old, and he died, I believe, of an aneurysm. So, but I don't really know much about him. Uh, I do know he came from a socialist background and somehow he ended up as a Southern traditionalist or a states' rights man. Uh, but again, I, I don't really know what sparked that. I, I don't know how he went from one extreme kind of to another, um, you know, I guess we could say extreme. I don't really consider conservative states' rights approach a an extreme stance, but he went from, again, kind of a more liberal socialist background over to a Southern conservative. So, I'll be interested to see what caused that. Now, the next book on the list is Albion's Seed. I am about halfway done with this. I'm reading the digital version. And it's, it's been a really fascinating book thus far as well. And Albion's Seed, what it does is it explores the different European folkways that kind of created American culture. And what you get, because the first two sections are dedicated to New England Puritans and then the Virginia Cavalier culture, and what you get is is the understanding that, yes, the, these were greatly different peoples from day one. They, they were vastly different in how they approached life, what their cultural norms were. There, were, there was very little overlap. Let, let me just say that. There was very, very little overlap. And these people had been fighting each other over in England before they got to the United States. The Puritans had actually been kicked out after the English Civil War. And then when the Puritans kind of came back to power, well, the Cavaliers said, well, you know, hey, maybe maybe it's best that we go our separate way. So that that's what happened is you have New England being settled by out of, you know displaced Puritans, and then you have Virginia being settled by displaced Cavaliers. And it's it's a really interesting dichotomy that's that's portrayed in this book because their cultural beliefs are so vastly different, even though they have those minor you know similarities. So Albion Seed, um, again, I'm about halfway done with that one, but that is the next one here on the reading list for 2023. And then the next book on here is getting back to the Reconstruction period. This one's called The Prostrate State, and it's about South Carolina during the Yankee regime. And I'm very curious to see what, what their takeaway is because I've always heard a lot about like the burning of Charleston, uh, or excuse me, I'm sorry, not Charleston, Columbia, and I'm very curious to see exactly what all transpired in South Carolina. There's another great book out there. It didn't make the reading list, but it's called A City Laid Waste by William Gilmore Sims, wherein he talks about the destruction of some southern cities under Reconstruction. So, uh, But this one is, again, The Prostrate State. And we're going to you, – you'll notice the, the primary two themes here is going to be the Jeffersonian – or I'm sorry, excuse me, the Jacksonian period – and kind of the immediate postbellum period. That, that's going to be the main focus of this year's reading list. So, again, the prostrate state. And then the next one is The Political Crisis of the 1850s by Michael F. Holt. This one deals with the very turbulent 
decade of the 1850s leading up to the War for Southern Independence and Secession. And this is like the late Jacksonian period, and this is something in my personal reading throughout 2022 I've actually gotten really, really interested in in terms of, of the period itself because I'm starting to think the real linchpin of American history starts with about the election of 1828 and the rise of Andrew Jackson because that's when you start having the last of the founding generation die off and you have a new generation of Americans who are really trying to figure out, are we going to be a nationalist, unitary, top-down state, or are we going to conserve what our forebears left us in the form of a decentralized federal republic? And that's where you get figures like John C. Calhoun, Henry Clay, Daniel Webster, all these men who were just giants of American history for years and years and years. So Calhoun came to prominence on the federal level, I believe it was in 1816, and he died in 1850. So, I mean, that, that's almost 40 years, almost 40 years. I did, what, 34 years, if I'm doing the math right? Henry Clay, same thing. He, he was a prominent figure for almost 40 years. And Daniel Webster, very long time. So this period really fascinates me, and it is something I've actually been reading about this year when I haven't been doing the podcast stuff. This is where my personal leisure learning has been taking place is understanding that Jacksonian period. And the next book on here is another one by Michael F. Holt, and this one is The Rise and Fall of the American Whig Party. So this book actually covers the period, well, actually just the entire duration of the Whig Party. So it starts in, I think, 1832, and then it goes all the way up to 1852. And it's very interesting to see just how damaging the Whig Party was, because initially they come about as an opposition party, then they rise to prominence as one of the big two, and then they, they do basically whatever it takes to try to maintain their power and keep the Whig Party as an entity alive. And it's it's very interesting to see how that kind of played itself out because you had the Northern Whig Party that would run a basically completely separate campaign from the Southern Whig Party, but then they would unite on kind of the worst platforms that the party had to offer. So very interesting book, again, dealing with that Jacksonian period and, and what the opposition was and what the Whig Party was all about. And then the next book is a brand new one that was just released. My aunt bought me this for Christmas, and I also recently made a post about this. It's The Jeffersonians by Kevin Goodsman. It's going to cover the presidencies of Thomas Jefferson, obviously, and then James Madison and James Monroe, otherwise known as the Virginia Dynasty. And then the next one is In Defense of Tradition. Uh, this is another Richard Weaver book. It's not really tied to the Jacksonian period or the Reconstruction period, but it is another huge compilation of essays by Richard Weaver. Y'all know how much I love him, so I'm really looking forward to reading that one. And then the next book is going to deal with kind of the Old South antebellum culture, and, and this is also something that interests me. So it's sort of going to deal with the Jacksonian period, but it's really going to focus more on the South specifically, and it's not really going to talk about Jackson. But this is called Roll, Jordan, Roll, The World the Slaves Built. So it's going to talk about how Southern plantation culture functioned. This is by Eugene Genovese. And I'm very interested to read this one. And another one from him that would kind of go hand in hand with this, if you are interested in that particular topic, would be Genovese's book, The Mind of the Master Class, which I, I've read that one, and that was a fascinating book. So the next one is going to be Sick from Freedom, and this talks about the fate of the former slaves in the immediate aftermath of emancipation. So again, kind of tying in with that immediate postbellum period and Reconstruction, but focusing specifically on the now freedmen and what their fate was after the war and after emancipation. And then the next one is something that's going to deal with the immediate 
antebellum period, so this will be probably starting in the 1850s. I'm not actually entirely sure. But this book is called What Shall We Do With the Negro? And it talks about Abraham Lincoln's outlook on colonization. It talks about the northern outlook in general on colonization, things of that nature, and how they thought that black people were not fit to basically thrive in a white society at that point. And then the last book on the list for this year is Lincoln and the Politics of Slavery. This book is written, I think, by Daniel Croft, if I'm not mistaken. I, I don't have my full list in front of me right now, so I apologize if I get that wrong. But I think it's by Daniel Croft, and he's actually writing a very in-depth account of the original 13th Amendment that was not that ended up not being ratified, otherwise known as the Corwin Amendment. And if y'all don't know what that was, the Corwin Amendment actually would have made slavery perpetual in the U.S. Constitution. Lincoln was all over it. It was actually Lincoln's amendment. He kind of dictated the terms of what he wanted. Corwin just drafted it for him. And Lincoln wanted this uh, because he he was really all about coercing the southern states into staying in a political union they no longer wanted to be in. So this book really details the ins and outs of that, why Lincoln wanted it so much, and why he was doing everything he could to try to give an olive branch to the South on the slavery issue. But then that should make us ask the question, well, you know, if they, if they were willing to give this to the South, then clearly this this couldn't be just about slavery. So very interesting books on our list for 2023. I hope you all have enjoyed this episode. I do apologize. This one's kind of quick, fast, and in a hurry. But again, I'm using a lot of my time right now trying to save this business. So thank you all again for your time today and for tuning in. I do look forward to getting back to a somewhat regular schedule within the next couple of weeks as I know more about whether or not I'm going to be able to make this happen. So again, thank you for your time. I will talk to you all probably before the end of the year. But in either case, Merry Christmas, and if I don't talk to you before then, a very happy new year, and I will talk to you all next time. Little Miss Jeffersonian has made her triumphant arrival, and I can tell you that raising a newborn is expensive, so if y'all don't mind contributing to our diaper fund, I would greatly appreciate that. And don't forget to help fuel the Jeffersonian revolution by using the link in the show notes page to purchase your goldbacks today. And all right, with another episode in the books, thank you again for tuning in, and I will talk to you all next time.